today we're going to get into something a little bit different, more of the reason for the season, amen? So we get into Christmas and get into that, and so um, before we get into the Word, let's take a moment to pray. We'll jump right in. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, because your bigger plan has been unfolded when you sent your Son, Jesus. And today, as we dive into your Word, would you illuminate the Scriptures and bring it alive? Speak to us, minister to us, encourage us, challenge us, convict us, God. Would you lead us in the way, in your way? And we give you glory, Lord, in Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, let's jump right into it. we got quite a bit of reading today. Um, and uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to look at Book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 5 through 45. And it's a bit of a story. And so as I'm reading this, would you just use your imagination, just begin to see it all happening, and just kind of just find yourself there in this, in this story as it would lead up to what's happening here at Christmas. And so this is what it says in Luke chapter 1, verse 5. <clears throat> in the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless, because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both were very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. Many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of their parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. He's talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist is not even born. And he's saying, listen, this is who he is going to be. Check this out. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. He imagines he's having this encounter with his angel, and he's like, how can this possibly be? I'm an old man. How can this, how can this be? And then check out what it says. It says this in verse 19. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. He basically just mutes him. You don't believe that I'm going to do this? Watch. I'm going to make you mute. You're not going to be able to say anything until he's born. It says this. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed in so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. 
They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs and, uh, uh, to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this to me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Now, here's... Now, Let's jump into this. This is good. Verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God, ladies, you remember being six months pregnant? Any? Yeah. This is where she's at. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The, virgin, the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greetings this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who is said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I'm going to say that again, church. For no word from God will ever fail. You awake this morning? For no word from God will ever fail. I'm not, I'm not talking about that idea, that thought, that could be or some. No, what word from God, that word from Him, it won't fail in your life. God is good. God is faithful. If He said it, if He spoke it, you can hold Him to it. Mary replies and says this, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. And the last section. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. When she entered Zechariah's home, right? Zechariah is the one muted. He can't speak. When she entered into his home and greeted Elizabeth, his wife, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. Listen, there's a whole lot that we just read and a whole lot of verses that we just jumped into but it's so important for us to understand as we get into Christmas, we get into the reason for the season, that we would understand truly what's happening leading up to this moment. Listen, I'm, I'm, I want to go through some of this real quick. It says this in verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, what happened? The baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. See, the baby is John. 
The Bible, the angel already promised Zechariah before he muted him. He told him, listen, the Holy Spirit is going to be in this child even before he's born. Now, the baby is six months developed in the womb, and here comes Mary as she's coming into the house. She's, hey, Zachariah, hey, hey, you can't talk still, okay? Hey, Elizabeth, how you doing? And, and she comes into the house, and the baby within her leaps for joy. Because as you have to, something I want you to get, the baby understands the presence of who he's in. You know, it's been said that babies in the womb that they can, they, they, they react differently to different people that they're around. Ladies, that you, you, you've been pregnant, maybe you can attest to this. You know, you, you're around somebody and all of a sudden maybe your baby just kind of rolls up in a ball and is kind of in a protective mode or, or, or maybe your baby's a little free, maybe your baby leaped, I, 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 I don't know. But, but John is at this place where he sees, he hears that Mary's there and he knows who Mary is carrying and he's excited for what is even yet to come. He leaps for joy. This is joy. Do you know that gratitude can be contagious? Right? You ever spend some time around somebody and because of their behavior, all of a sudden you can take on that thing? You, it's almost become, it becomes contagious in a way. Does that make sense? Right? We, we've been around people like that. This completely overwhelms the mothers, Elizabeth and Mary. And, and it's so beautiful right after this. And I encourage you to jump into Luke chapter 1 and, and read the rest of it. But right after this moment happens, Mary just begins to thank God and praise God. And she writes this whole thing of uh, just thanking the Lord. And then after John is born, John the Baptist is born, then Zechariah, he becomes unmute. And he speaks again. And he writes this whole thing. And he thanks God. And it's this beautiful thing that's happened. See, joy is a wonderful thing. And I want you to get the season that we're about to enter and how powerful it is and how life-changing it is. How many of you have ever heard of that song, Joy to the World? Heard of it, some of us? Yeah? Who could come up here and sing it with me real quick? I got a mic just for you. Was that you? Were you raising your hand? Oh, Gabby, can you come? I just I saw you kind of went like that. Anyways, can you come? Yeah, why don't you come? Hey. I have the lyrics for you just in case. Everyone, this is Gabby. Yeah, I'll sing it with you. And if you know it, would you just jump in with us? All right. Okay, count to three. One, two, three. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing and heaven and heaven and nature sing Woo, can we give her a round of applause thank you so much thank you. man joy can be contagious right we can get excited about something but what i want us to understand about joy is that joy comes from another reason other than because of somebody else See, I don't get joy because this person has joy. There's a huge difference between happiness and joy, right? Happiness, something as good has happened to me. I've had a good day. My, 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 my job, uh, you know, my boss has treated me well. You, you know, somebody recognized my hair was looking right, you know, and hey, I, I'm happy. I'm having a good day. Joy is different because joy comes from God. It comes from the Lord. See, joy is one of those things that you hope, that I hope, that my prayer is that you'll never let the enemy steal from you. 
You'll never let them steal. You listen, there'll be moments where you don't feel good, where you feel sad, you feel down, you feel hurt, there's some things going on, but your joy is something that, that comes from God. In fact, the Bible describes it as one of the fruit of the spirits, right? Fruit, when we think of a tree, you plant an orange tree, right? You water it, you got good soil, let some sunlight, and what happens? What will it do? It'll produce oranges, some good, nice, juicy oranges. In that same way, when you allow the Holy Spirit in your life and you're walking it out, serving God faithfully, doesn't mean that you're perfect, but you're walking it out before the Lord, it'll produce some things. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, it says this, but the fruit of the Spirit, right, that's the Holy Spirit, is what? Love and then what? Joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, when you encounter the Holy Spirit, this is what will be produced in your life. This will be the outcome. This, this will be the fruit in your life. Again, not that you'll ever be sad. Come on, somebody. We go through things sometimes. But joy comes in the morning. Amen? Listen, have you ever met someone that always seemed joyful? It just seemed like they're always just walking on clouds. I want you to understand that joy will not rub off on you. It doesn't. You'll come to the place where I would wonder, hey, where can I get some of that that they're on? But joy doesn't rub off. Joyfulness tells me something, though. See, joyfulness tells me that somebody has been spending time in the presence of God. See, joyfulness tells me that someone has been on their knees, someone has been seeking God, someone desires intimacy with me, with him. That's what joyfulness tells me. It's, it's, a, it's a descriptor of that. And John, in his mother's womb, he's excited and joyful because he's in the presence of Jesus. The Holy Spirit, the, the angel said that the Holy Spirit would already be upon him. And it's so amazing to see this, that, that as, as, as he leaps for joy, then the Holy Spirit becomes upon the mother. The presence of God in your life is a sign that your promise is coming. Come on, somebody. If God is present, then you better get excited. If there's that thing that you've been wondering and questioning, and when is it going to happen? Is it, is it ever going to come to be? Listen, if God is there, then you just got to wait. You just got to trust because God is going to do it. He's going to do it. Hmm. Do you feel the Lord in your life? Pastor, how, how can I be joyful if I don't see my prayer answered? Listen, let me ask you this. What if the only thing that I know about my future is that I've asked for it in prayer? Listen, I want to tell you something about the Lord, something that really the Apostle Peter told the church about the Lord. It says this. Let's jump into it. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. He says this. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious what? Joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Listen, church, you may be in a position today where you're just, you, you, you don't see all the promise of God in your life yet. You, 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 don't, you don't see it all. You've been in a place where you've been struggling. You just, you just do not, you don't see it all. And maybe, maybe you're here today and you're, you're full of faith and you're waiting. You're waiting. And you're just full of faith, though. Ain't nobody's messing with you. You see that hater over there? He said, listen, back up. I ain't got time for you. I'm trusting the Lord. I, I can't hear none of that nonsense. Don't want it around me. Back up. Give me 50 feet. I need some room. God's going to do it in my life. Maybe that's where you're at. You're full of faith, and you're waiting, and you're trusting the Lord because God is going to do it. But maybe you're here today, and you're, maybe that hasn't been the case. 
Maybe you still got faith and you're trusting, you're waiting on the Lord, but it's, it's been a struggle. Or maybe you're at the place this morning where you've already given up. No, 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 that God thing, I'm just not sure about how that, no, I'm just not sure about that. And maybe that's where you're at, but I want you to understand something. God is good. God is faithful. If he said he's going to do it, then he's going to do it. Would you trust him? Would you allow his process, would you allow his ways to take place in your life? The Lord loves you. He hasn't left you forsaken. He hasn't given up on you. Oh, listen, they're just no good. They're just never going to get it. I'm just done with them. Get, no, no, back up. No, you're just, you're just not good enough for my love. That's not how God thinks. That's not how he, he operates. You know, thinking about that because sometimes we struggle. We, we really struggle with understanding that, that, that God, how his timing works and how some of those things work. You know, I was thinking about how uh, in Scripture we, 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 um, we look and we see, why did God wait to the last minute to do some miracles? Because sometimes we feel that same way. God, what, what took you so long? And, 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 and I think back to a story where, where Jesus with one of his closest friends, Lazarus, and, 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 and their sisters, Mary and Martha, and, and they come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, hey, Lazarus is sick. He could die. Would you come and heal him? Because Jesus could have just went healed, 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 done, freedom, done, provided, blessed, strengthened, all that, just done. Why didn't he do that? Especially for his close friend. Why, why didn't he do that? And Jesus is like, okay, I'm going to be there. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to go there. But by the time he gets there, he's been doing ministry. He's been all over the place. And by the time he gets there, Lazarus is dead. Lazarus is dead. In fact, it's been so long, Lazarus is already in a tomb. And, and, and Jesus shows up, and they're like, Jesus, where have you been? Why, what took you so long? I thought you were coming. And Jesus has a moment where he actually weeps before the Lord. The Bible says that he wept. And then Jesus gets up, and he heals the guy and raises him from the dead. Listen, sometimes we don't understand the timing of God. Why didn't God do it when I need it? I also know that God's ways are higher than my ways. Listen, uh, we come to the place where, why don't I just need to understand, I need to understand what God is doing. Listen, if I understood what God was, if, if we were on the same understanding, people question, are, wait, are you God or am I God? Wait, are you God? Really, are you God or is he God? Who's God? I'm okay that I don't have the same understanding as the Lord. His ways are higher than my ways. That's okay. I'm going to let you be God. I'm going to be me. I, gotta, I, run, I make all kinds of mistakes in my life. I, I do the wrong thing. I need Jesus every day. So, God, I'm going to let you be God. And there's some things that I'm not going to know until I get to heaven. I'm just not going to know them. I'm just, I'm just, I'm okay with that. Because you're God and I'm not. Why do I have to know it all? Why do I have to have it all figured out? I'm just going to trust you. Listen, on one of the points, one of the times in Scripture, God, God promises something. And the people are really just concerned on, God, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? And in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3, it says this. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It says this. Check this out. It will not lie. If God said it, he's not, it will not lie. Then it says this. If it seems slow, wait for it. I'm going to say that again. If it seems slow, wait for it. If I'm at that place where I'm like, oh my goodness, to God, where are you at? If it seems slow, wait for it. Wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. It seems like us waiting for anything 
on God is, it, it seems like it affects our joy, our happiness, our gratitude. I'm just sitting here, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. As I'm waiting my gratitude towards God, towards everything, towards life, just it begins to just, just decrease. It just, I'm waiting, and now I'm, now I'm grumpy, now I'm upset, now I'm bothered, now I'm distracted. Now I'm hurting. Now I'm disturbed. I can't have anybody around me. No, back up. No, I'm just not good. What, as the longer I wait, I'm just struggling. I've allowed everything to decrease in my life. Am I speaking to anyone this morning? Come on, church. We come to this place where we, 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 we allow all of this to affect us, but I'm telling you, trust the Lord. Wait with joy. Look what the Bible says for those who wait on the Lord. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, it says this, But they who wait for the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What happens after you've been waiting just a long time? You've been waiting. You get tired. You ever stand in line somewhere? Or that be, could be Costco, could be the DMV, could be the mall, could be some shopping right now for Christmas. But you get tired. The Bible says that if you are waiting on the Lord, it says this, you will not be weary and you will not faint. Who's that promise for? Who's that promise for? Look at the beginning of the verse. But they who wait on the Lord. If you're waiting on him to do it, it says you won't get tired. It says you won't grow weary. It says you will not faint. I'm to tell you, church, your blessing is coming. I want to tell you this, church, your Christmas is coming. We are about to celebrate the birth of Jesus and it's going to be a celebration. It's not about the presents or the toys, the gifts, the cookies, the pie, or whatever it is you're going to eat. It's about Jesus, and we're going to celebrate him. Your peace is coming. Your provision is coming. Your transition is coming. The Bible says this in Psalms. I want you to see this in Psalms 27, 14. It says this, wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. See, how you wait matters. The Bible says, wait for the Lord. And then how, how should we be waiting for the Lord? This is to be strong. Some of us wait for the Lord. It's like we just melt. It's like I, I, we just fall all kinds apart. I can't wait. How long has it been? Oh, it's been five minutes. That's it? That's all you can wait on the Lord? It says, be strong. It says, let your heart what? Some of us, we're waiting on the Lord, and our heart is ready to bounce and to jump into whatever flashing thing. Oh, somebody says they can hook me up or take care of that issue. My heart just jumps into whatever thing that comes my way. My, my heart is, wait, oh, I was waiting on the Lord, but, but, but my heart is not taking courage. My heart is jumping into whatever else is flashing lights and pulling me in any kind of direction. This is be strong and let your heart take courage. I'm going to be honest with you this morning, church. I'm going to tell you something. I have absolutely waited, waited on God and been bitter at the same time. I've been bitter. I don't know if you've ever been bitter before. Any of you have been bitter? I've waited on the Lord and I've been bitter. I've been upset. And what it's only done is, is this. It's caused more frustration and more confusion. I became more frustrated and more confused than I was when I started out. I don't know if you've been there and you allow just bitterness to come in because your attitude matters and how you're approaching and how you're waiting on the Lord to come through. I'll tell you this. I've also waited on the Lord and been excited, expecting. Listen, the situation don't look great at all, but I know God is good. And I've watched him come through in ways that are just, it's way more than what I was even expecting him to do. I've watched his blessing. I've watched his favor. I've watched his hand. I'll tell you, God is good. Would we trust him? Would we trust him? 
And you might be here this morning wondering, you know, how, how, how can I possibly go from, from waiting with this bitterness or waiting with this pain or waiting with this wrong attitude to waiting with joy? There's one thing that the Bible talks about a lot, and that's, that's gratitude. Gratitude. The Apostle Paul, he tells the church this in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Some of you have wondered, what's the will of God for my life? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing this? Should I marry this person? Should I be with this person? Should I do this? What should I do? Should I, should I buy this? Should I not buy this? You're wondering, God, what should I do? But it's so much simpler than that. Forget all of that. Take a deep breath and pause. And give thanks in all circumstances. It doesn't say, hey, when everything is absolutely going great, you've had a good day, everyone thinks you're just awesome, it's going well, everything's going your way, you thought it would go that way and it went that way, it was even better than that, then give thanks to the Lord. No, give thanks in all circumstances. Sometimes when it ain't going the way that you thought it was. You had a dream, you had a plan, you had an idea, and it don't look nothing like that. It says give thanks. Has there anything in your life that you can thank the Lord for even when it don't look right? Come on, somebody. Is God, still, God, is God still who he says he is? Can we thank the Lord? Is Jesus still sitting on the right hand of the Father? Can I, can I thank God? Is, is Jesus still my Savior? Come on, I can still thank the Lord. I'm going to wait on God to do it. I want to take some time here this morning, and I'm going to ask three people to come up here. And I just want to give us an opportunity to have some perspective because when we have gratitude in the right way, it's going to catapult us into the joy that you had all along when you met Jesus in your life. And I'm going to frame it this way. How has the birth of Jesus blessed your life? I want you to think about that for a moment. How has the birth of Jesus blessed your life? And, and essentially this. As you, as I'm looking for three people, just 30 seconds. I want you to come say something. I thank God for Christmas because, and please don't say for presents or some, or, you know, Legos. I don't know what you like. But is there, is there three people? Somebody to come up here, just 30 seconds? Yeah. Anyway, guys, we're not, we're not preaching. 30 seconds, I will take the mic from you. I thank God for Christmas because I'm still here. Um, I became a diabetic when I was 14 years old. Didn't know I was a diabetic. Anybody who is a diabetic knows sugar levels are super, super important. And when I found out I was a diabetic, I lost 45 pounds. I was only 80 pounds when I went to the hospital. And my sugars were like 1,200. So for you guys who do know diabetes, that's like death. <laughs> so I thank God for that. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Anybody else? Was a hand? That, that was just a clap. I thought it was a hand. Anybody else? Yeah. Why don't you come up here, sister? And then one more after her. If you're feeling brave, just go ahead. Just, just, just do it. I thank God because um, I get the opportunity to spend time with my family. Um, I don't care about gifts. I care about spending time with my family and making memories and teaching my grandkids what... Christmas is all about, and it's an honor, and I'm thankful for that. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Is there maybe one other person? Did you? Uh, 
did. Was your hand up? No? knows. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> to be here live. We could be here all year if I have to talk <laughs> for being here today. I got to see my son. And I'll see him on Christmas. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. There is something about gratitude that when in the midst of my circumstance that may not be just what I would wish it to be, that if I can be grateful to God and if I can clearly recognize him as a source, if I can be grateful to God for something that allows me to walk it out and not be depressed and not die and shrivel in the moment because if, if he is still who he says he is, that I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. And, and there could be these views or opinions or thoughts or these uh, even feelings that just jump up out of nowhere. How did I even start thinking that or feeling that? Sometimes I got to just know he is still he, who he says he is. And I just want to thank God right now because he's done it in me. He's done it in me. He could do it in you. If he's done it in you. He could do it in me. Somebody else that still needs a touch from the Lord. They need to feel his presence. They need to know. You know, I opened up with this story that I was talking about. Just, you know, John and, and, and Jesus and Elizabeth and Mary and what the angel promised and what's, what's happened here. And this baby that leaps for joy because he's in the presence. And if God is present as he is now, if God's present in your life, then listen, his promises are not done in your life. I don't want you to get that. The key is how you wait. Will you wait trusting the Lord? Will you wait with excitement, with joy? And I get it. We'll have bad days sometimes. Some stuff will happen and that kind of thing. But will you wait expecting, trusting the Lord? He's good. He's good. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Here's my challenge for you. And then we'll pray. At least once every day this week, would you look for opportunities to say these words? Father, Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, because. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, because now I am made whole. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, because now I can connect with you. I'm, my sins are forgiven. I'm made brand new. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, because you're, you're healing my daughter. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, because now I get to share your hope with the world. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, because my life is forever changed. I have a new outlook on life. There's a peace in me that surpasses all understanding. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Would you stand with me as we pray right now? might be a little weird you feel like just awkward but would you raise your hands to the Lord would you just raise them to him and pray with me Heavenly Father I pray that you'd see us this morning we are yours I'm broken and got issues and all kinds of things but we need you Lord we offer ourselves would you forgive us 
forgive us of our sins, forgive us for the mistakes, the wrong things we've done, our iniquities, that thing that we did wrong. We know we shouldn't have done it, but we did it anyways. Would you forgive us, Lord? We repent. We don't want that. We don't want to live that way. We want you. Help us. We remember your promises. Jesus, would you help us to, to, to wait with joy? to be excited for what's to come. Christmas is coming. Jesus, we're about to celebrate your birth. So, Father, I pray your blessing over your house, over the people here. God, everyone listening to this message, would you encourage them and strengthen? Would you remind them that you are with them and you are not done in their lives? Whatever it's been, whatever's led up to this moment, God, maybe it's been a rough journey. God, you have better days ahead for them. And we trust you. We trust you. We seek you. We desire you. Bless your house. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we just give the Lord a round of applause?